like for everybody, if you will, please open your Bibles this morning to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. want to welcome all of you today, those of you joining us online. Uh, Happy New Year to you. And uh, as we open up this service today, my title of this message today is actually in the form of a question. It's my question to you. And it is, what's your 2023 plan? The little boy told his dad, if three frogs were sitting on a limb that hung over a pool, and one frog decided to jump off into the pool, how many frogs would be left on the limb? Well, the dad, he replied, of course, two. The son said, no. There are three frogs and one decides to jump, how many are left? The dad said, oh, I get it. If one decides to jump, the others would too, so there are none left. And the little boy said, no, Dad. The answer is three. The frog only decided to jump. It never followed through on the decision. So often, people have great inspiration and great resolve that make them decide to do something, especially this day of New Year with resolutions, meaning they resolve to do something. It's kind of like in a a committee meeting or a board meeting, and you make a recommendation, resolved that we are going to do this. But the question is, do we do that? The question is, do we, when we make a decision, follow through on the decision? A lot of people will be resolving to make changes. They're going to decide to do something, but oftentimes they only decide. And then months later, they're still on the same limb they were in September of 2022. And it's now March of 2023. Are you with me? They decided to change. They just didn't yet. Follow along with me. Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 15. I'm reading out of the New International Version. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know 
that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and do good while they live, that everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Boy, hear this. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that men will revere Him. Whatever is has already been. And what will be has been before. And God will call the past to account. You see, sometimes I think we think the things we're going through now, no one's ever gone through. But church, I want to just, I want to just let you know, the original world that God created was destroyed because the Bible says that man's thoughts were only evil continually. Sodom and Gomorrah had such sexual sin, God destroyed them. All the things we're facing today in the sexual perversion realm of our nation has already been. It's nothing new. But I want you to hear that the Bible tells us that God will bring everything in the past to account. The good past as well as the bad. Solomon is telling us here in Ecclesiastes 3 that God has a plan for us and for all of us, and there is a timing involved in that plan. For everything that he has planned to do, there is a time for it. There was a time for you to be born. There was a time for us to die. You see... God has a plan, but in order for us to do all that God plans, what it ultimately comes down to is it demands that we find balance. Have you ever had a wheel on your car out of balance? You know you do if you're driving down the highway, especially at higher rates of speed, and you get this little thing going on, especially in, you can feel it in your steering wheel. I remember I used to work for a service station way back before the days of the digital stuff where they put the wheels on the machine and let the machine do it. You did it. You put this little uh, machine on it. It, it moved the tire around, and you, you manually had to make that wheel get back in line. You added the weights and all that stuff. But one of, the way you, one of the ways that you found out if you were in line is you drove that car, and as you're driving the car, you're holding that steering wheel, and you just put your finger up. And if your finger vibrates, you're not in line. But if it's perfect, perfectly straight and calm, you're in line. Right now, if you are being troubled, if you're shaking, Spiritually, if you're shaky in the natural, you're not in balance. And I'm not talking about some spiritual mumbo-jumbo here being going up to Sodona and going getting centered. 
Tell you what, the devil, he knows how to mess stuff up. I'm talking about being balanced in what we do. The first thing that you have to do this year, the question I have in the title of this message is, what is your 2023 plan? And the first thing that you have to do, if you're going to find balance in your life to live out that plan, the very first thing you have to do, if you're writing anything down, you have to discover your purpose. What is your purpose in this world? What are you here for? See, that is the core question of every one of our lives. If you have not thought seriously about this, then you have not taken life seriously. What is your purpose? Many of the problems in people's lives would be settled if they understood their purpose and lived it out. Look at the next scripture in Romans 14, 8. Paul says, if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Can you say amen to that? It's not about us. It's about Him. He brought us into this world for a reason, for a purpose. Everything God does is on purpose. And if it is true that we belong to the Lord, then we, everybody say I, have an obligation to live for the Lord. It's an obligation, church. And the Word says this, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, I don't know that I have that one up there, but listen to this. It says, do you not know, everybody hear this, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Does God care what we put into it? Absolutely. Holy Spirit's in there. Do you not know that the body, your body, is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not your own. You were bought with a price, the price of a life, the life of God. The life of that little baby that grew up to be a man that died on the cross, from the manger to the cross, to the grave to heaven. The Bible then says, therefore, honor God in your body. That means how I dress. That means where I go. That means what I eat. That means what I inhale. That means what I swallow. That means what I inject. Are you hearing me? You see, we think, well, God doesn't really have anything to say. God knows what I go through. God understands. Yeah, He understands you, but He's got a certain plan. And my question is, what's your 2023 plan? Because you see, if somebody doesn't tweak our thinking, we're just going to keep going into 2023 just like we lived 2022. Just like we live 2021, just like we live, on and on we go. You see, there is never never a better opportunity to make a change than a brand new year. You see, our lives are not our own. Say that again. 
Say this, they don't belong to us. We belong to God. And notice this, the Bible says this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. It says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's what we're doing today. Okay, we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Let me just ask you this question, those of you two online. Uh, Is there anybody here that's doing it right all the time? Is there anybody here you made a mistake this last week? Is there anybody here that you say something you wish you hadn't said? Is there anybody here that thinks something you wish you hadn't thought? Done what you, you haven't done? Treated somebody in the way you wish you hadn't treated? You see, we're not perfect. We're not there. But the Bible says continue. Look at your neighbor and say continue. In other words, don't give up. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And there's no age limit on this. You know, it's kind of like, like the little Christmas song every, from kids from 1 to 92. Even if you're past 92, I mean, you just keep on. We're, we're never going to get there till we get there. And the Bible says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose and his, his pleasure. He's got a purpose. We got to find out what is that purpose for me and begin to live that purpose. And I want to say something. I want to share something. Make it easy for you. That needs to be your 2023 plan. Whatever his purpose is for you, that's what you need to do. Instead of you going where you want to go, you need to go where he wants you to go. Die to self. You see, your purpose is to live all out and fulfill the purpose of God for your life. You know, I think about my little dog. Do you know what his purpose is? It's not about him. It's about everyone else in that house. I mean, I mean, I know this is very, very, very elementary, but it's like, hey, I want, I want to hold Princeton. Princeton, come. And what does he do? He comes. And you know what? He is faithful. Every time I come home, he is there nearly jumping out of his skin, acting as if he hasn't said, this is the first time he's ever seen me. Welcome me home. Now, please don't take this wrong, but I think we ought to live a little bit more like a dog than we do. For God. Just flip that word around. We should live for God like our dog lives for us. That's why he's there. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Are you still with me today? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And he said, now, Pastor, what are you saying? Are you saying that I shouldn't eat fun food? Should I not eat something that's going to make me fat? Should I not eat something that is going to taste good, you know? I'm not saying and telling, I'm not going to tell you what you should eat. But I think it does matter to God. Amen? I kind of like what Tim Hawkins, the comedian, says. I don't know if you ever watched Tim Hawkins, but he's a, a comedian, Christian comedian. He sings, does all sorts of stuff. But he talks about how sometimes we'll take these, you know, Cheetos, and we'd pray these crazy prayers like, oh, Lord, please turn this Cheeto into a carrot stick. 
As as I shove this no good food down my gullet, somehow, supernaturally, somehow, miraculously, turn it into something healthy. Now, how many of you know the Cheeto looks like the carrot, but it doesn't do what the carrot does? Amen? The things in this world that the devil present to you may look like they're good, but they are, and I'm not just talking about food. That's just a little bit of an illustration. I'm talking about things that can really hurt. Amen? You see, your grand purpose in life is to do what you do for the glory of God. It's to know God and have an ongoing relationship with Him that brings Him glory in the way you live your life. Look at Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are God's workmanship, created how? In Christ Jesus, why? To do good works. What are those for? Those are those that have been prepared by God in advance for us to do. We're God's workmanship. Read this out loud with me again. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, what does that mean? He had a plan. Do you believe God has a 2023 plan? Do you want to be like God? You need to have a 2023 plan too. Question is, what is your purpose? First off, if if I could be so bold, it is to know God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and live for Him. That's purpose number one. He wants everybody saved. The Bible says this. Listen to this. For God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would have eternal life. Thank God I chose to be a whosoever. How many in the room, you're a whosoever? Whosoever would believe in Him. So you're not here to serve and please yourself, you have a higher calling. If you don't understand your purpose, then your life is built on the wrong foundation. And I'm just here to say to you today, if your life is built on the wrong foundation, it does not matter how magnificent that structure is, it will crumble and fall. Your primary purpose here is not to be successful. It is not to have just a wonderful career. Your purpose in this life is not to be happy in your earthly accomplishments only or to earn a lot of money. Your purpose actually is not even to find love and have a family. You say, well, pastor, what is my purpose? Jesus told us, Matthew chapter 6, one of the first sermons he ever preached, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You see, the kingdom of God, how many, how many months did we spend on the kingdom of God? Eight weeks on just the kingdom of God, on the invisible kingdom, six weeks for the men of the kingdom, and six weeks for women of the kingdom. When we add that all up, church, we spent almost a half a year, I just want to let you know, six weeks short of a half a year of the kingdom of God last year. Learning about that invisible kingdom and how it ought to actually change the way we live this in this world. Amen? Forgive me if I feel a little bit excited today. 
seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness. It's like the Lord's prayer that we're to pray every day. Lord, we pray this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What is the next thing we say? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth, in me, through me, my family, my church, my nation, all of it, just as it's being done in heaven. That's the invisible kingdom. He wants that invisible kingdom brought into the visible realm. And it's not that all of those other things that I mentioned are bad, a successful career, having a family, on and on and on, earning a lot of money, all that. They're not. It's just that they cannot come before the main purpose for which you were created. And I'm seeing people left and right. Man, that's where they're putting their life. They're in that rat race. God says, I want you to know me. To know God and to glorify him with your life. And church, listen, I know I've spent a little time on this first point, the purpose, but when you get that straight, the rest will fall into place. That's what Jesus said. Seek first the kingdom of God and all that other stuff. I'm going to add it to you. It's going to be an add-on. It's like an addition. Here's the foundation. Here's the house. You know what? Now I'm going to add on to it. I'm going to bless you more than what you ever thought about. I'm going to bless your socks off, and I'm going to give you new socks. I'm going to give you new shoes. Amen? So after you find out your purpose, everybody say purpose, number one. The second thing you have to do if you're going to have balance in your life is you have to establish your priorities. Boy, people get messed up here. Priorities. Look at your neighbor and say, prioritize. Now, you may have a firm grasp on what your real purpose is in this world. You may understand that your life belongs to God and that you are to live for Him rather than yourself, but now you need to understand God's specific plan for you. And it's not always the same as for the person sitting beside you. You see, you got to begin by asking yourself, what are my gifts? What are the specific talents and interests that God has put into my life? How now can I use these to fulfill His purpose for me in this world? You see, it's a lot like I knew when I was a little boy, a young man at the age of 14, that I was called to preach, but I didn't know how to preach. I was shy. I turned about five shades of red when you asked me my name. Put me in a group of people, and I was not comfortable being the center of attention. Still, really, technically, I'm not. That's my wife's job, my daughter's job. That's what they do. They're sanguines. They're... They're out there. They're the party people. I'd just soon be, you paint me into the wallpaper. It's so funny. Sometimes they'll leave and they'll go shopping. They'll go, are you going to be okay? I'm going to be great. <laughs> uh, but, but you'll be by yourself. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. I'm really good with that. But 
the reason that these questions are important is that you may be doing many good things, but you may not be doing the God things, the things that God has in mind for you. Your area of interest may be the gift God's given you to promote growth and influence for His kingdom. Setting priorities is not about choosing between what is good and what is bad. That's already been settled. It's already here in the book. When you decide to live out your God-given purpose in life, priorities have to be set when the choice, hear this, is between what is good and what is best. Between what will really be beneficial to the kingdom of God that you are called to do. Amen? He has made you with particular interests and skills and gifts. Listen, I've heard this, you've heard this, but when God made you, He made you one of a kind. And when He was done making you, He looked back at you and He said, we're never going to do that again. And he hasn't. Nobody's quite like you. You know, people say, well, everybody's got their other twin in the world. We hear, yeah, I guarantee you they're not like you. Even twins are not alike in everything. You see, he's made you with skills and gifts. Go in the direction of what interests you. You say, well, why would I want to do that? Because God put it in you. That's what he put in you. And as he put that in you, he will work that through you. You see, it's about getting the most from your life. Setting priorities helps you to trim down your involvement to a reasonable level. I can't tell you how many people I see burning the candle at both ends, and they've created a wick in the middle. We're going to light light the top and the bottom and the right and the left. Praise God. We're going to burn out for Jesus. Uh. I never read that, that that's what we're supposed to do. I have read this one thing I do, Paul said, is I lay aside all this junk behind me and I set my eyes on the prize of the high call of God. Do one thing. Can you do one thing and succeed at it? I'm going to give you an example. Absolutely. In and out Burger. Go in there and order their chicken sandwich this afternoon or tomorrow. Maybe they're not open today. You can't. They don't serve a chicken sandwich. Go in there and ask them for a uh, pork burrito. You can't get one. They don't make it. All they make is hamburgers. Now, you can get more than one burger, you can get it with cheese or out, without cheese, with sauce, without sauce. You can get them protein style without a bun and just wrapped in lettuce. You can get them all the different way. But all they serve is burger. Especially can't go to this place on Sunday because they're never open on Sunday. Praise God. I'm glad. And that's Chick-fil-A. Go in there and order their double quarter pounder with cheese. They don't have one. They have chicken. You say... This one thing, can I be really successful just doing one thing? Absolutely. Sometimes I hear about all these churches and they got like, we've got 160 ministries. How do you do it? To be honest with you, I don't know how a church can 
actually man more than six. Maybe seven. Now, that's just me personally, but I'm just saying, whatever it is that God has called you to do, even if it's one thing, do it better than anybody else, and I'll guarantee it, you'll be a success. If you do one thing well, that is better than doing ten things mediocre. Ask in and out Ask Chick-fil-A. They know what they're doing. Third thing you have to do, after purpose, after priorities, is... If you're going to stay in balance, those are very, very, very necessary. Third thing is you have to make your plan. You can understand your purpose, and you can set your priorities, but if you have no plan on how to make it happen, it'll never happen. You'll be like that frog on the limb making decisions and never jumping. You know what? A lot of times, I'll guarantee it, I know how to make that frog jump. I'll send an owl his way. You see, a lot of times that's what happens. Is we're going, well, I'm just waiting on God. Hey, guess what? He's waiting on you. But there's going to come a time, he's going to send the hound of heaven called the Holy Spirit and start to poke you. That's what he's doing right now, by the way. Just thought I'd let you know that. The Holy Spirit's in the house. The Holy Spirit's going, hey, do you know your purpose? He's saying, hey, do you have your priorities right? See, right there, those are the two two things right now that are causing so many people in America fits, in the church and out of it. But once you have those together, you've got to have a plan. If you have no plan on how to make it happen, it'll never happen. You've got to decide not only what to do, but then you've got to actually do it. Amen? It's too easy to let life sweep you along and fill your life with the urgent little things of the day. Can I just say this in 2023? Don't let that happen. Don't let the tyranny of the urgent be the thing that guides you. If you are not deliberate in planning your life, your life will drift and your life will just happen. That's not what God wants. God wants your life to happen on purpose. Now, hear this. If you can't get everything done, somebody's going to judge me on this statement, but listen to it. If you can't get everything done, it's because you're trying to do more than God wants you to do. Period. You have just enough time to do what God wants you to do. He said in Ecclesiastes 3, there is a time for every purpose in heaven. That's why we've just piled too many things on our plate. Amen? Look at Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Are you getting anything out of this? And I love the way the NIV words this. Listen, Listen to this. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. There's only two kinds of people, wise and unwise. Now watch this. Making the most of every opportunity, can I get an amen? Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. Now watch what he says right after that. 
but understand what the Lord's will is. So do you know what that saying, uh, in, do you know what that break it down means? If I don't know what the will of God is, I'm foolish. Therefore, do not be foolish. Okay, I get that. But he didn't stop there. He says, but understand what the will of the God is. Understand what the Lord's will is. So the converse of that is if I don't understand the Lord's will, I'm living foolish. But when I go back up, he says, be very careful then. Live as wise, not unwise. What is the Lord's will for you in 2023? You need to know that. It's important to be careful how you live. Because church, listen to me. This year, we all must begin to say no to some things and cut completely out other things. Make sure there is enough time for the important things. I, I can't tell you how many people say, I just don't have time to pray. No, you don't make the time. You don't take the time. We have these wonderful little 24, 24 railroad cars full of opportunity called hours. There's 60 minutes in every one of those railroad cars. Sometimes we're just spending the wrong time in the wrong car. Or too much time in one of the cars. Make time for God. Make time for ministry. Make time for, uh, you know, ministry is this. It's very simple. It's just serving. It might be encouraging someone over the phone. That could be your ministry. It might be baking a pie. Maybe you're a good baker. Say, well, how could I use that? Blessing people. It, It might be singing a song. It might be teaching a class. It might be witnessing to your neighbor, writing a story, leading a group, going to the jail uh, to minister, work with children, youth, elderly. What? Just fill in the blank. Your ministry may just be simply being on your knees and praying. I guarantee you, there are people going to get a lot of glory in heaven. The crown's going to be so big they can't wear it because they've been praying for everybody else. You know what? We think of the people like, like Billy Graham is like, man, that guy is going to have such a wonderful, um, you know, blessing in heaven. Yeah, he is. But you know what? I want to tell you this. There are going to be thousands going to be beside him, and God's going to say, and it's because of him and her and her and her and him and him and her and her and this worship team here and that. But you know what? You never even knew this person. Right now, everybody's going to know him. They did it in secret. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to reward him openly. That person fasted and prayed. Nobody ever knew they did it, but they did it. Amen. I want to close with a following announcement that was sent to us by a friend. And it says that this is by our heavenly captain. I want you to listen to it. Our heavenly captain is saying to you, welcome aboard, flight number 2023. Where our destination is greatness. I am God, your captain. We are preparing to take off into a brand new year. Please make sure your attitude and blessings are secured and locked in an upright position. All self-destructive devices should be turned off at this time.
All negativity, hurt, and discouragement should be put away. All baggage should be locked and left in 2022. If we encounter any trials and tribulations during the flight, reach up and pull down prayer. All prayers will automatically be activated by faith, and once your faith is activated, you can then assist other passengers. Thank you and have a happy new year living for your heavenly Father and fulfilling your destiny in Him. And for any of you who have not yet booked your flight, do not delay. There are still seats available. Now that's a cute little saying, but man, it's dead on. We're all on this jet, heavenly jet, going into this year of 2023, and we're barely in it. We're not even at noon yet. We're not even 12 hours in. Here's what I know. Every single one of you that just heard everything that I just got through saying, the devil, when you leave this place, is going to tempt you to go right back into everything you just got doing from 2022. Do you know what a rut is? A rut? Have you ever hit a rut? Worse than hitting a rut is living in one. And I heard it, and I'll never forget it. When I heard it described this way, I don't want to be in a rut. A rut is nothing more than a shallow grave. Amen? We don't want shallow graves. So I encourage you, know what your purpose is. Make sure you prioritize your year and do not fail to make a plan and do it all in the power of God. And I guarantee it, we're going to succeed. Amen. Love you guys. Bow with me in prayer. Father, today, everything now that we've heard, we ask, Lord, that you would empower by your Holy Spirit and do not let us forget it. Satan, I bind and rebuke you in Jesus' name. Your hands are not allowed on God's people. We command you to loose your hold and loose and decease and desist in your maneuverings. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would send forth angels all about your people today. I pray that you give wisdom to those, Lord, that need it. I pray, God, that you would cause us to be wise and not foolish as we walk into this new year and live it in power, Lord, through your, your purpose, through prioritizing our lives and living the plan that you want us to walk in today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said, amen. I love you guys. God bless you. You have a great, great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Uh, God bless. You've got your reasons, but I hold your peace. You've been on lockdown, and I hold the key. Cause I loved you before, you knew it was love. And I saw it all, still I chose the curse.